Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Alright, this is episode 13. This is our third in the mini-series, the Enneagram mini-series we're doing, this is The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. Yes, today we'll be talking about the heart or feeling triad. And if you missed the information on triads, make sure to go back and um, check that definition out in our previous episodes. This involves Enneagram numbers 2, 3, and 4. Right, so that's the helper, the performer, and the romantic or slash individualist. So we're first, we're going to talk about the helper, type two. I want you to be happy, but I want to be the reason. Author unknown. All right, so now we're going to give you just a few little blips about what it's like to be a two. Remember, it's always better to go and get the book, read it for yourself, go through this checklist. There are 20 items on here. We're not going through all 20. We're just going through a couple. Correct. So here's one example. When it comes to taking care of others, I don't know how or when to say no. I am a great listener, and I remember the stories that make up people's lives. It seems like people who love me should already know what I need. I'm more comfortable giving than receiving. Lots of people ask me for help, and it makes me feel valuable. When I'm tired, I often feel like people take me for granted. Yep, so... Let's go ahead and dive into more about the Enneagram number two. Right. We don't want to, again, we don't want to give everything away. We want you guys to read the book and apply it with our workbook we've given you guys. If you haven't grabbed that, by the way, you can go to our site and then go to the shop and you can find it there. So we're going to open with healthy twos, average twos, unhealthy twos. So keep in mind, whatever phase of life you're going in, even if it's just a bad day or a good day, you might find yourself slipping into unhealthy or back to healthy. So always just kind of check yourself or check your tech. Oh, like man. in episode, was I, that episode 10? Yes. Listener's <laughs> choice. I was going to say it, but I let you say it that time. Yes. Check your tech. Anyway, so let's <laughs> flash back to that one. All right. So healthy twos, they're able to name their own needs and feelings without fear of what other people are going to think or losing a relationship, they're actually going to be able to voice, hey, I need you to do this for me. Because that is really hard for a two to do because they're used to doing it all themselves and fulfilling their own need. So it's it takes some guts to be able to say, hey, help me out here. Yeah, for a while, when I would take the test before I ever read the book, I would come up as a two. But once I read the book... Um, definitely solidified me as more of a nine and it a lot of it had to do with the motivation behind it again we've hit it a lot of times but the Enneagram focuses on the motives behind your thoughts feelings and actions so um I have a hard time voicing my needs because nine as the peacekeeper I don't want to be like an inconvenience to anybody else yeah so that makes sense that was one where I was like oh really mm, no not right. not gonna happen all right so average twos they convince they're convinced that the expression of their own needs and feelings will automatically threaten the stability of relationships so again going back to that relationship piece a lot of times the helpers how they interact with people like that's that's what it is that's what life is about is how all the people are fitting together, how we can fulfill needs, how I can be a role in that somehow. Yeah, they want people to be able to depend on them. So if they have to start depending on other people, it kind of loses that almost balance of power. Right, and twos are, an average two it says, are generous people, so are healthy. Uh, but they can start to subconsciously think that they want something in return. Mm -hmm. So that's just something to be aware of if you feel yourself going... I think I'm a two, and you know what? They never call me back. That could be a sign there, like, okay, maybe we need to just adjust ourselves a little bit. And then there's the unhealthy two, and it says they're codependent. Co oh my gosh, I can't even say this word. Codependent. I, I can do it. One syllable at a time. Yes, thank you. Okay. MTA expert over there, help me sound it out. It's true. 
that I need help sounding it out, or that's no. the MTA expert? The expert. No. Facts? For real, though. <laughs> For real. Uh, check your tech. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but sometimes an unhealthy two, they can actually be a little bit manipulative as well. So they can offer help in a way to where they know they're going to get a certain result. So, again, the motivation behind doing something specific. So that's just something to look out for. So if you feel like, oh, I'm making this decision on helping someone, but it's only because I need this and this is how I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's definitely, I can think of a couple people that's, <laughs> that's what's going through my mind. Um, and, again, uh, you could be a two that in certain life phases or if you're having a bad day, you know, you could slip into this really easily. And so realizing that, checking again your motives, why am I helping this person? Am I expecting something in return? You can help catch yourself from going down an unhealthy path. So one of the girls in my book study, she wasn't able to be in the book study interview, which is episode 15. Um, but she, so she sent me her answers to the questions that we went over. And she talked about how for, she's heard about the Enneagram for a while, and then finally she decided to look into it. But she would never want to claim that she was a two because she didn't want to feel, uh, she didn't want to acknowledge that, that that's how she was kind of handling things and that's how she got sometimes. Uh, but I think that's how we all feel when we read our number and realize that, oh man, that is us. You feel totally vulnerable. Yes. The more uncomfortable it is to kind of swallow that mm-hmm. pill, then um, the more likely you found your number. Right. She said she greatly identified with being relationally driven and internally feeling a huge burden to alleviate the pain of people around her. So that was a huge indicator for her that she was a two. So again, if you're on the fence about something, are you relationally driven? And I know people are just really good at fostering relationships just in the workplace or helping people, coworkers get along. So that might be an indicator that that's maybe your skill set. So maybe you do have some two in you, whether you're a wing or that's where you go when you're secure. And that's another reason I knew I wasn't a two. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> My parents are always so surprised when, like, they're around me and I run into someone I know, and then they walk away and they're like, wow, Farron, you can be, like, nice and sociable and friendly, and I'm <laughs> always offended. Right. Because I I can and I truly am, and that is who I am. It's just so draining and daunting. I don't know why. It just takes so much energy that, you know, I do like to have that alone time and not I would not define myself as relationally driven. I care about people. Right. But that's not my motive. Yeah, I think the phrase driven with it is different. Like that's that's your MO right there. So let's move on to the next section that I forgot what we're gonna talk we're about. We're gonna talk about the deadly sin. That's right. And then we'll get to the virtues. So again, just to reiterate at least once on this episode There's not good numbers and bad numbers. Every number has its strength and weakness. So as we go through the deadly sins, again, if you're relating to being this number, it's not fun to hear. But knowing your weakness helps you learn to work where you need to put your time and energy and what to work on. Right. So for um, an Enneagram number two, the deadly sin is pride. Mm -hmm. To secretly believe other people have more needs than they do, and would be lost without their help. Man. Yeah. That's hard. Hit us with the virtue real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, we'll come. My husband tests as a two, Ah. and he does a ton. Like, he really does a ton. And I probably would really be lost (laughs) with Us too. He's fixed so many things in our lives. Jacob, this is broken. Please come help us. He is all things handy. And then an amazing hands-on dad. And he takes care of me like a kid sometimes. If I leave my lunch at home, he brings it to me at work. It's all good. Um, So anyways, I'm reading that. And I know it's like the deadly sin, but I'm seeing... Well, uh, in this case, that's actually accurate and true. <laughs> it's really good at all those things. So that was my pause after that one. Um, so yes, so deadly sin. And again, I think that goes back to kind of the um, almost power control in a relationship is in a negative way how that could go. Right. All right. So the virtue that will counter that, so the strength um, of 
the positive part of being a two is humility. So twos can develop humility when they acknowledge their own needs and ask others directly for their help and support. Right. And remember, these are the people who are warm, caring, giving, motivated by a need to be loved and needed, and they often avoid acknowledging their own needs. So mm-hmm. it, they'll put, always put other people first. Whether they're healthy or not, or unhealthy, they're going to still always put other people first. So if someone is a two, check on them. Yeah. Even if they say they're fine. Right. <laughs> really, yeah. tell me. And sometimes that just takes, that re- again, that relationship, that communication, like, hey... If you are upset, I know you're a two. If you're upset, you've got to, and I'm asking you something, you're going to have to give me something. Like a thank you card. <laughs> <laughs> I picture a two wanting thank you cards. All right, twos, is that what y'all want? In return. Or you do know, you just want the thing, like, yeah, the verbal acknowledgement? I have a funny story about that. Say we it. did the love languages. Is he, is he words of affirmation? Okay, so you would think it would be something like that. And Sorry, guys, but like physical touch. His number one thing. Acts of service. Gifts. What? Yes. This makes no sense. The man who says, don't buy anything. I'd rather us save money. In the five love languages. And when you take that test... You know, like, you can answer the questions to figure out right? whatever. You know where you're headed. And so, yeah, his number one thing was gifts. So, again, being having the humility to really convey, like, your wants and desires, um, he gives off this front that he doesn't need help, he doesn't need acknowledgement, he doesn't need gifts. Literally saying, don't buy a gift, please save the money, that would make me happier. But also buy me a gift. When in fact, (laughs) what he really would like is, yeah, gifts. So what kind of gifts does he like? If I'm still figuring that out, I mean, because he's not going to tell me. So, So, okay, so would a gift to a two be like, hey, I've got the kids tonight, go do whatever you want. No, like literal, tangible things. Sometimes it's taking care of tasks and stuff like that, but he usually beats me to all those. So I go on sometimes the cheaper side so I can still play to his other alter there ego. There you go, yes, yes. So like uh, snacks and beef jerky and stuff he can have at the work site. Yeah, or, that's um, a good idea. Alcohol. Oh, look at that. Yeah, That's why you'll have that good old yes. ideal party drinks business going. Check it out on Facebook. Yeah, look at that. If you need a beverage station. They do slushies, frappuccinos, if that's not your thing. Yeah, those things. Well, didn't even mean to go there, but here we are. Well, hey, he'll appreciate that gift. Oh right? yes, the <laughs> gift of acknowledgement on providing beverages to thirsty people. Yes, ideal party drinks. Check it out, Facebook. <laughs> All right, continue. All right, so the chapter continues. It talks about twos as children, twos in relationships, twos at work. Again, this is the part where we really want you to encourage, or you buy the book, read it. We want you to do this. That way, again, we can't tell you what number you are. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself because you're the only one who knows the motivation. And once you find your number, those are um, so valuable, but you don't need to hear it from us. Uh, You need to read it yourself and interpret it how it applies to you. Um, They're, again, very valuable but sensitive. Um, So, again, like Brooke said, we encourage you to not only read that for your own sake, but, again, if you're in a relationship with another number, knowing... Some people don't bring up stuff about their childhood or it's so suppressed they don't even really, like, realize it. Yeah. So it's just really good insight on um, other numbers around you as well as yourself. Right. So we had a two. We reached out to some twos we knew and some responses we got back. One of them, who's a two, a male, he said he better understands his motivations for wanting to be present for others and for those who know their numbers as well, he's able to understand them even better. So, again, it's if you know your number, awesome. Now you can have a lens to view the world. But when two people know each other's number, or if they know their own number and you know your own number, that's better. But if they both know how to interact with each other, it's just exponential. So he's able to prevent hurt feelings when people don't always reciprocate like he would. He's, he's able to understand that, okay, we're two different types. I know I can I can give this way and help out this way, and I might not get it back. But since I know that number, I I can understand how they're motivated. They're motivated and operating. So, and this might be enticing to it too. But if you know, 
other numbers, you'll be better at helping them. Because you'll know how to help them. For good, not for evil. <laughs> well, in that same two, he's married to a four, and both of them agreed. Um, we can talk about her responses later in this in this episode, but he's talk, he talks about how his of his marriage it's been a game changer both of them knowing their enneagrams and working together with it it's provided so much language and vocabulary for things they would have never been able to explain otherwise yeah and which is crazy you wouldn't even you don't think about the words that you're feeling until you read this book and then you're like oh wow i'm super vulnerable but that's the feeling i'm feeling yeah i think um implementing this in a marriage avoids a lot of unnecessary fights but also makes the fights arguments disagreements more effective i agree because you're kind of starting almost on the same page you kind of know where each person stands um and we also have a podcast interview with a couple that has uses the enneagram for marriage counseling and coaching and just marriage boot camp yeah yeah So. so hopefully they're gonna let us know when that is. You let us know, Joyfield Marriage, and then we'll spread the love. All right, so twos and their wings. So twos with a one wing, these tend to be more dependable and responsible. Remember, the one is the perfectionist. So they want everything kind of just so, but they want it to help people, as opposed to a one who wants the plan executed because that's why you do it. You seem to know ones very well. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, Twos with a three wing, these guys can be more ambitious, image conscious, and competitive. So that can be more extroverted looking. Probably the one um, walking in with the huge cookie basket or (laughs) large bouquet of flowers and saying hi to everyone on the way to whoever they're delivering them to. Yes, and yeah, that could also be an unhealthy indicator too. If they're do again, right. that's the motivation. The motivation piece too. Threes can be great too, but just kind of yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting because again, that guy could just be wanting to say hi to everybody, right. and they're happen happen happening to be carrying. <laughs> I can't even talk right now. It's so late when we're recording this. So many ings. Um, yes, but it just depends on the motivation. Are they doing it to show off? Or are they doing it because they want to express that in that way? Yeah, there are seven. Oh, we're getting too far ahead. This of is too much. Too All much. Right. So, stress and security. So, when twos are stressed, they go to an unhealthy eight. So, that can be demanding, controlling, and that can either be directly or manipulatively, however, they, however their personality makes it come forth. So, like, that can be let stressed. me help you. No, <laughs> let me love you. <laughs> Yes, and in security, they are taking on the healthy side of a four, so that's more they're able to self-care and focus inward, be more reflective, and good stuff comes from that. Yes, I think that goes back to the virtue, is um, the humility, which when I think of humility inward, I think those two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, and then it gives you a little blip there about spiritual transformation. Which is really big and important to us. Yes. So again, we're not skipping over anything. Right. And then, this is the part where we want you to read it. Yep. Can we say that any more times? I don't know. We can try. And then at the end, it gives you the ten paths to transformation for twos. So again, these are your growth points. These are things that specifically twos can work on, but also anyone else could too. So here's one just for example. Um, Again, there are several to choose from, but this one kind of spoke to me. It says, when the urge to rescue or help overwhelms you, ask yourself, is this mine to do? If you're not sure, talk it over with a trusted friend. I feel like that is so loaded with information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, being the peacemaker, I can relate to that a little bit. Right. Um, I like to fix other people's problems or wrongdoings when... It more appropriately should come from the person who, you know, maybe did what they weren't supposed to be doing. But I'm like, how can I fix this before people get angry <laughs> or right. the situation gets tense? Right. Or So same situation, how can I fix this so that it's presented well or mm-hmm. that it's done the right way? So again, for a two hearing this, they're just wanting to help whatever it is that's going on. So a lot of times that means... Oh, I have a lot to do. Here, let me also carry your burden. Oh, you you too? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let, let me put that on too. So after a while, even just throughout the day, people are just either 
venting to a two or uh, asking for help. Facebook and they're like, oh, someone else to help so that way more people will like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know a couple of twos and uh, they're, they're a trusted confidant at work for some people. And so by the end of the day, they're just emotionally tapped out. They, I feel like I not, I can't carry any more burdens or hear any more vents. So as a non-two, if you know a two like that or, or who's in a leadership role where they do kind of do that sort of thing, help them kind of unwind at the end of the day, play a fun game or have a dance party or whatever it is you do. I have definitely done both of those things with a two friend to help them end their day well. So that's a thing that you could do. Or just ask them and then make them tell you because they're your friend. Yeah. So they need to tell you how you can help them. Exactly. I think the more they can verbalize that, you're helping a helper. Yes. Help me to help you. Yeah. That makes me think of that Scrubs episode. I love Scrubs. Uh, I don't know. Do you watch I Scrubs? I didn't catch a lot of it. Uh, I could. That's one I could watch all the time, just like Friends, just like New Girl, all those. Yeah. So that's me and my story. I love your stories. So. Oh, thanks. Tell more. Oh, sure. How about <laughs> let's do that okay. after yes. threes. After hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're really not doing oh my that. Goodness. We're not doing no, that. No, that was just a joke. No, Jeannie Frazier. No. No. <laughs> That's episode seven if you wanted to, oh no, wait, six. Episode six if you wanted to check that out. Mm. The interview with Farron's mom. Borderline inappropriate. <laughs> I'm just still laughing at the dancing part of yeah. that whole thing. Don't give it away. <laughs> yes, I won't. Okay, so type three, the performer. So, Farron, feel free to read us that. Yes. I know people love when I read the quotes. At the I, you're of the really chapter. good at it. You just have a soothing voice, and mine is really monotone. I'm so. just tired. Okay, but in your tired <laughs> nine voice. Okay, here bring we go. Bring it out. Type three <laughs> The Performer. Don't encourage me. I'm going to laugh during this. Okay. The real question is can you love the real me? Not that image you had of me, but who I really am. Christine Feehan. What it's like to be a three. It's important for me to come across as a winner. I know how to airbrush failure so it looks like success. I keep a close watch on how people are responding to me in the moment. I like other people to know about my accomplishments. I don't mind cutting corners if it gets the job done more efficiently. Man, every time you say that, the one in me cringes. Like, cutting corners, that's uh -uh. against the rules. Yes, yeah. mm-mm. Nope, it's not worth any repercussions or getting in trouble or... Yeah, that's just so funny how it's just so different. And how, again, I have to learn as a one, There's there are more right ways to do things. So just because I do it this way doesn't mean the other way is wrong. It's just not the way I would do it. Mm -hmm. That's a learning curve for me. Yeah, and it's just like there are really people out there that think that way just as much as I think there every corner should have a point on it no curve right. corners right yep so um it just is nice to have that when you're interacting with other people and you're trying to get your point across and they are just as much trying to get their point across it's like no they really believe it as much as I believe what I believe yeah that's true all right so let's talk about healthy threes okay these guys they have transcended the goal of merely looking good and they're moving towards being known and loved for who they really are and not just for what they do and what they can accomplish. So it's not about the trophies on the shelf. It's about the person who actually earned those. Right. So, And I think that's, that's that vulnerability again. So a lot of times people, threes, can hide behind that wall of accomplishments or trophies or degrees or... Material titles. items. Yeah, yeah, it could be anything. Uh, but yeah, it's it's... What's underneath that mask? It's what's on the inside that <laughs> yes. counts. Threes. Yes. Come on, get it together. You know this. All right, so talk to us about average threes. All right, so these can be, they're flirting with the line of achieving and overachieving. Mm. So it to where it's starting to become a detriment. So either too much time at work because they want to get one more thing done. Or if I stay six more hours this week, then I surely I'll get the promotion or whatever it is, even though there's no promotion guaranteed. It makes mm -hmm. me think of horrible bosses 
Have you seen that movie? Uh, parts the, of it when it's guy, on regular TV. <laughs> yeah, the don't watch the the not. No, I'm not old yeah. enough yet. Yes, okay. So that one is interesting. But he he has he shows up so early and stays so late hoping for this promotion and then it never happens. And anyway, Kevin Spacey is pretty funny in that scene, but these guys or they overwork themselves in the gym. They're always at the gym. They're, again, there's a, a line between let's be healthy and have a healthy lifestyle versus now I'm injuring myself because I've overworked it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the line they're kind of flirting with. Yeah, they're starting to slip into, again, back to motives. Why are they pursuing and going after and achieving these goals? Right. All right, so then we get to the unhealthy threes. So... Failure is unacceptable to these guys, which can in turn make them not be able to admit to their own mistakes, and it causes them to behave like they're superior, because they don't make the mistakes. Surely that wasn't on them. That wasn't on me. I didn't do that. I'm this guy, remember? This whole mask over here. So a lot of finger pointing can happen for an unhealthy three. Yes, and they are also desperate for attention, positive attention. Um, but yeah, I, I like how you talked about not taking the blame for anything, yes. especially if it's going to hurt their reputation or yep. their name. Mm-mm. And remember, there are no bad numbers. So no. uh, I know that when we did this part with the ones, I felt super uncomfortable and visible. I feel seen and personally attacked. So again, there are no bad numbers. So this may sound, if you're kind of going, oh, this sounds... I'm uncomfortable, then that you might be a three. Yeah. No, again, we all have our good days and bad days, and if you're more aware of when you're in an el- unhealthy position, you can get yourself out of it. Right. All right, Farron, hit us with the deadly sin. All right, three's deadly sin is deceit. Ooh. To satisfy their craving for admiration, Threes project crowd-pleasing images that deceive even themselves. Right. That's the thing about the deceit. They might get caught up so much in who they're, what mask they're wearing that they forget who they truly are. All right. Now the virtue of being a three is integrity. By discovering and sharing their true selves with others, threes learn they are loved for who they are and not for what they do. I love this for a lot of reasons. So I guess it was, I'm sure all our preachers did it, but I guess I had David at church whenever they said this, but it's sometimes you forget, it's not about forgetting who you are, it's sometimes you forget whose you are. Ooh. Yes. Say that again. Okay, so it's not about if you forgot about who you are, it's about whose you are. So if you are a child of God, then that puts it back into perspective like, yeah, Yeah, you're this messed up person. Welcome to the world. Everybody is, Mm -hmm. but don't forget whose you are. Yeah, I think that goes back to the motive, too. If you remember whose you are, you aren't trying to pursue the approval or status quo of this world. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll start focusing that energy on God's perception and what he wants you to be, which will then lead you back down the right path of, you know, Doing things for the real you instead of projecting some fake image. Right, and that makes me think of Lisa Lett's episode, episode 8, where she talks about the comparison trap and how we can get so easily caught up in wearing this mask and showing people, oh, this is my highlight reel, versus I should be holding myself to God's standards, not to this mom group mm-hmm. or Whoever it is, if that's, I personally struggle with mom guilt, so that's why I said mom group. But just remembering whose you are, and I think that's just a whole perspective shift too. Like, your bar needs to raise. It's not about people who we need to be comparing ourselves to. It needs to be, what are the standards and where am I supposed to be according to being aligned with with what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Yes, we interviewed Lisa Lett um, during our personal growth study on the 15 laws of invaluable growth Uh, so if you guys missed that we definitely encourage you to go back and check that one out yeah okay so then this is the part where it talks about threes as children threes in relationships threes at work so everyone um, is either a child 
at one point. They were a child <laughs> of someone. They have a child. They have a relationship with someone, and they have some sort of job or work that they do. They toil somewhere, whether yeah. it's you get paid for it or you're a stay-at-home mom and you get paid in hugs and kisses. Yeah, and or, slobber. There you go. So whatever it is, you're doing some sort of work every day, whether it's paid or unpaid. So everyone can be involved. Everyone has a point to read in here. Yeah, so again, don't skip over them. They're important. They apply. Right. So right. the wings. Yes, the wings. Threes with a four wing. So these uh, are a conundrum in themselves because they're the performer, so they want to fit in and have a show, and uh, but they're also the individualist or the romantic, so they want to stand out and be different. Mm-hmm. So they have that inner struggle there sometimes. They can be a lot more introspective, and they are more in touch with their shame and as opposed to a three with a two wing. So maybe an example would be a three wants the most expensive stuff that everyone else has, but a three wing four wants the one-of-a-kind expensive thing Yeah, that is similar to what other people have, but it's different. Or like it's never before the seen. The first edition yeah. or rare jewelry. I don't know. That's an extreme example. (laughs) And we don't have the money to fund that. Nope. (laughs) But if you do, let us know how that works out for you. Yeah. Okay, threes with a two wing. These can be charming, intimate. They make great entertainers, politicians, salespeople, pastors. I think David's actually a three. Oh. Or one of our teaching, or one of our co-pastors. So yeah, there's that. I don't know what wing he is, but he says he's a three. Or someone says he's a three. Maybe... All right, stress and security. So whenever a three is stressed, they take on the unhealthy nine. So Farron, you're a nine. So I'm a healthy nine. Right, but you all can, the yes, one hundred percent of your life you've been totally healthy. <laughs> I agree. Hypothetically, though, not if, facts. If you were not in a great space, hypothetically, yes. maybe you can speak into some of this stuff. So yeah. they can retreat. They can kind of lose themselves in that unproductive, busy work. Like mm-hmm. they're busy, 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 but nothing seems to be getting done, or they did all the other things except the one thing they needed to do that day. So that's they can lack motivation. They're stressed out. Yes. How, how might that look? Yeah, um, maybe going to the couch and not even doing unproductive, busy work. So there's that. But yeah, going to a nine's unhealthy state is not it's kind of like giving up sometimes i would think for a three like you're pushing you're pushing and you kind of slip into this does it even matter and you stay there probably for a little bit but i imagine a three would probably climb back out pretty quick yeah that competitive fire kicks back in yeah all right security these take on the positive side of a six so that's the loyalist so they become warmer they're more in touch with their feelings and the feelings of others it's almost kind of like that two wings kicking in so remember you have wings and you can typically you in childhood have one and then you can acquire the other one later on through personal development and all that kind of stuff so maybe that's where you can activate that two wing Right, so again, being in touch with the feelings of others, that goes towards a two because they're always looking for how they can be helpful and help other people. All right, a spiritual transformation. I'm ready. Yes, so there, again, are several suggestions, but I feel like this one was the icing on the cake for the threes. It says, challenge your definition of success and craft a new one based on your feelings, desires, and values not those inherited from family or culture. So, again, it says family and culture at the end. Um, Sometimes our family, again, as a child, may have put a lot of pressure on your successes and accomplishments versus, you know, who you truly were, the effort you gave, um, and other great characteristics you had. And culture, again, it's just going to depend on what is valued where you where you're living. Yeah, that's true. Material uh, items. Something I really loved about that one that's applicable for everybody, it's your values. So challenge your definition of success based off of your values. So going back to that priority list, what's number one? And what's my moral compass? And how do those align? And what can I do to... I like how it says challenge yourself because threes are just natural competitors. Mm-hmm. So when they hear the word challenge, they're like, yes, let's go. 
same with AIDS. They're like, oh, yeah, challenge. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones who are going to... This might be the one that's the easy win for the three. They like a challenge. They know what they want. Mm -hmm. They know their desires. And they have that moral compass. And if they don't have it, that's when we need to develop it. So let's get you healthy. And maybe these ten paths... We can look at all of them and see kind of where we can grow from all of them. And to piggyback on what you're saying, I like that there's this isn't telling you not to be driven and not to try to achieve success. It's just changing that definition of what success looks like and what success is. Yeah. All that to say, performers, threes, we need you in our lives for so many reasons. Sometimes we need that competitive fire. It's contagious. And some of us need help with that, so... Thanks for being you. All right. So we are going to go on to type four, the romantic. If you ever had that feeling of loneliness, of being an outsider, it never quite leaves you. Tim Burton. What it's like to be a four. I never really felt like I belonged. I have so many feelings in a day, it's hard to know which ones to pay attention to first. Melancholy is comfortable for me. So it's annoying when people try to cheer me up. When people tell me what to do, I'm often tempted to do the opposite. I feel there is something essential lacking in me. Okay, so fours, you're not alone. So that, that might be a hard thing to take just right there. Like There are more people that feel those things that we just said, not yeah. just you. So if you go and you read through the book, there's stories in there that he shares about people... Not wanting to accept that they're fours because then that means there's other people out there mm-hmm. like them. One of our four friends who responded, she talked about how she didn't want to face that she was a four because she knew that no one else was like her. Mm-hmm. And so when she finally came to grips with that realization, she was able to move forward. Yeah, so if you don't like personality tests in general, you might be a four. <laughs> All right, let's talk about healthy fours. Okay, so if you are a healthy four, a romantic slash individualist, you're deeply creative. So not just creative, but it is in your bones, deeply creative. You're emotionally honest and connected, and you're attuned to beauty. Oh, I like that. Yes, I am not good at the aesthetics, but (laughs) but these guys, that's why we need them on our team. Yeah. They think outside the box, and I'm sure a lot of inventors are probably fours. Yeah. Artists. A lot of artists mm -hmm. are typically fours as well. Mm Musicians. Yes. All right. So let's talk about average fours. Okay. So these can be more moody and melodramatic, needy, and self-pitying. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a good pity party now and again <laughs> but if you have an eeyore <laughs> we'll get into fictional characters for each of these numbers at the end that of the episode true. but yes man eeyore spot on uh, and i do love me some eeyore but and maybe that's an unhealthy you need some but this all goes back into fours like feeling melancholy they like to sit in their feelings and mm-hmm. feel all the feelings so I was recently told that I need to feel my feelings, <laughs> and <laughs> just, I actually laughed in the person's face, which I kind of feel bad about, but do I feel bad about it? What's that I don't know. Song? I don't feel. <laughs> Help me feel. Kiki, do you love me? Caught up in my feelings? I don't know. I, Whatever those young whippersnappers. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're no help to me. I'm so sorry. That's okay. The high school Ugh. kiddos, they're not out there singing and walking beside their cars as they're rolling down the street. No. All right. In other news, (laughs) unhealthy fours. Okay. So sometimes these fours, the unhealthy fours, they feel so much shame that they're unable to connect to the very part of themselves that believes they can change to be better. So sometimes they get too low in their feelings that they feel like they are incapable of getting out of the pit somehow. That makes me sad for unhealthy fours. That sounds... Very difficult. Because fours already like feeling right melancholy, and they're okay with it. So a lot of times people are just super uncomfortable with it. Like my sweet eight of a husband, he he's his thing is stop feeling sad and start feeling awesome. Like great. So easier said than done. <laughs> yes. Well, for an eight, it is easy. Mm-hmm. For a one, I need to fix it before I can stop feeling sad and start feeling awesome and for fours they're like no nah, i'm good yeah i'm okay feeling this 
and working through it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure feeling melancholy to other numbers would feel like relaxing or a retreat or withdrawing, just kind of getting a break, if you will. But I'm sure it's also a fine line between that, you know, relaxed state mm-hmm. of melancholy, if you will, right. and really finding yourself in depression. Right, um, and that just comes with that self-awareness check. Again, we should be constantly assessing ourselves uh, because that we don't want to be the people who, how did we end up here? How mm-hmm. do we get to this point? Why can I not get myself out of the pit or even ask for help? Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. Yep. So that might be a thing, too. Um, one of our four friends said that... We have more than four friends. <laughs> one of our one friends. Of our... <laughs> That's a four. <laughs> I didn't even think about that sounding that way. Well, yeah, you can count you twice and me twice, and that equals four friends. Sure. <laughs> we do have other friends. But one of our friends, who is a four... I should have said it that way. Thank you for publicly correcting me. This one will adapt and feel comfortable with that correction for the world to hear. I've already stuttered my whole way through this whole episode anyway. You've been great. Oh, thanks. All right. She says, It has led to huge clarity in understanding myself, helping me to realize that my thoughts and feelings aren't crazy and that someone out there truly gets it. It's given me language I've never had before to be able to understand not only current relational situations, but also give clarity on past hurts or instances to provide healing. So going back into that, if we're spiraling out of control with our thoughts, uh, a four knowing that they're not the only one, maybe that's some encouragement to some fours who are in kind of a low place. There are other people out there, and someone else does truly get it. Someone else truly understands what you're going through. So reach out, ask for help. Yeah, I mean, on one end, you're an individual and unique and special, but then on the negative, unhealthy side, you might find yourself feeling isolated, right? That's true, yeah. So, um, again, being alone and being at the top or in your own circle, unique place, mm-hmm. can be fun, but you might also find that you're ice- feeling isolated as well. Right, and sometimes fours, well, I guess fours, this is a true statement, they always feel like something is missing, There is something missing, and they cannot put their finger on what it is. Uh, So just to kind of help you with that emotion, just just know that God truly knows you to your core and wants you to know him too. Everyone wants to know and be known Mm -hmm. um, and be loved for who they truly are. So just know that that is a thing. You are truly loved. You are truly known for who you are. So that can be a powerful statement for a four to hear that... You may be down in this pit, or you may feel like you're the only one who's experienced this or only one who's living this, but you have someone who loves you and knows you to your core. So that's pretty cool. All right, let's go into the deadly sin of a four. The deadly sin is envy. Fours believe they lack an essential element and will never have the wholeness others enjoy. They envy the normalcy and happiness of others. So again, uh, in a healthy state, they enjoy being their unique individual self, but then it can turn to envy really quick if you're in a dark place. Yeah, if you don't keep it in check. Just like with anyone's deadly sin, if you're not keeping it in check, then it will consume you. So same thing with me with anger. If If I'm not keeping it in check, then I'm exploding and I'm not even meaning to. So just like that, keep your envy in check so that way it doesn't creep up on you in a, in a very untimely moment because that's usually how that works. Yeah, I was just going to say that's usually when it happens is when you really don't want it to. Right. All right, so the virtue of being a four is gratitude. Fours counteract envy when they dwell not on what's missing but on what's present in the way of their gifts and blessings. Yeah, so remember, everyone has a gifting. You've been given a gifting, um, which does make you very unique. So even if me and you have the same gifting, nobody can do it like you can, because there's only one you. And you've been given that gifting and that personality combination to where you need to execute what you've been called to do. I keep using the word execute because I'm that passionate about it. And I'm also a one, so I'm like, just do it! You're also pointing oh, really hard pointing at, at the, the microphone. microphone. <laughs> On the other side. I'm passionate, I guess. I will calm down. Simmer down now, This y'all. is me calming down. In our book study, we do have a four. She wasn't in the interview. Um, she is an intern at our church, and she also goes back home to Peoria. 
So I think that's where she is, and then she will come back and rejoin us for our next book study in the fall. Boom. But she's a four. She's got bright red curly hair. Think Merida from Brave. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. so when she was going through her chapter, we had her in the hot seat. Um, I was like, you must have always loved your hair growing up. And she goes, yes, I love it. It's one of my favorite attributes about me. I'm like, you go, girl, because there are some people who have that hairstyle, and they don't have the confidence to rock it like she does. So that was that was a cool thing for me to hear her say. Awesome. All right, let's get into the wings. All right, so let's talk about fours with a three wing. Okay, remember, three's the performer, so they're competitive. So if you're a four with a three wing, you do have on take on that energy of competitiveness. Um, you can have enough of the three's image consciousness that you're more aware than other fours that need to dial back their emotional intensity. So sometimes, because fours have a lot of feelings, they feel all the feelings. So threes know how to kind of read the room and reel it back in. Whenever the conversation shifts or someone's not into whatever they're saying, they have that wherewithal to be able to redirect the conversation. And I picture a four with a three wing, um, not only loving their uniqueness, but wanting to show everyone just how unique they are and outwardly portray and how unique they are in material possessions, items, hairstyles, clothing choices. Right. They, they are tending to be more outgoing, a little bit more dramatic, And they are usually more productive in the wings, if we're talking wings. Alrighty. And then we have fours with a five wing. So these are the guys who are more introverted and conventional because they're swinging to the five. So those are the observers slash investigator. And we'll get more to that on the next episode. But they're going to be the introverted ones. They're concerned with their uniqueness. Uh, But they don't need to be noticed as much as the fours with the three wing. Remember, it's the performer versus the I'm going more investigator. So I don't need to be as overt with how I'm feeling. Yeah. All right. And then we get to the stress and security. So what is the stress about being a four? All right. So the stress number, fours go to twos. So they go to the helper. But how that looks, that means they can become a little bit dependent, they can crave attention, and they can even repress their own needs. So they take on those negative aspects of a two, of the helper. So they, um, the jealousy can might surface there. So we just, again, keeping it in check, making sure if if you feel yourself getting stressed or you feel jealousy start to creep on, then you know you gotta shut it down, you're starting to feel stressed, and then whatever is your stress relief activity, Take hold, do that. So I hope if this Enneagram stuff is new to you, you're seeing the pattern here. Once you learn the nine numbers, you can actually learn more specific uh, things and characteristics of people. So when we do a four wing three, man, you know all the things about threes and fours. But then when we go to stress and you go four wing two, you're just pulling that information forward. So if you're overwhelmed right now, Stick with it. Once you learn all nine, it, it carries over nicely. All right, so fours in security. All right, so these, if they're secure, they take on the traits of a healthy one, which means they are disciplined enough to actually do the things that they're dreaming about. So they're able to harness in, okay, hey, if I really love this and I'm pursuing it, if I'm an artist and I want to become famous or write a song, if when they're feeling secure, they're going to do it. They're going to sit down, they're going to write the song, knock it out, and produce, sell, whatever it is. These guys are more centered, um, more present, and more calm. So again, taking on the healthy aspects of a one. So that's interesting because I'm a one, so when I get stressed, I go to the negative of a four. So what's been, what you said, Farron, once you can remember all the numbers and what they do, I have been able to start feeling myself, if I'm stressed out, going down the rabbit hole and spiraling out of control with my thoughts. So that has been able to help me like, hey, I'm stressed out because I can go down the rabbit hole if Morgan doesn't pick up the phone. He's in a ditch somewhere. Is he though? (laughs) I hope not. Uh, I hope not either. But in my head, I'm like, then what am I going to do with my three small children? And I'm going to, what, what am I going to have to get a different job? Where are we going to move? What am I going to do? That's unnecessary. (laughs) I don't need to stress myself out like that. So it's really cool to actually see the reverse side of it, how the force can take on the healthy one. And that's what makes their dreams come true. So if you're a four trying to find your way, 
let's get you secure so you can make those dreams happen. It's like the yin-yang kind of thing. Yes. You're a wing one and then with a four, and mm-hmm. then the four mm-hmm. with a one could meet up with you, and you oh, guys yeah. could just kumbaya. That's right. I like Coming it. Coming for you, force. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think they'd want you to. <laughs> oh, I'm too aggressive. <laughs> I've been pointing at this microphone. Yeah. Calm down. All right, so we'll get into the ten paths to transformation for fours. Once again, several great ideas. Um, I am not a four, but I thought this one sounded good. So it says, offer yourself the gift of unconditional self-friendship as you work to unwind lifelong feelings of shame and inferiority. Never give up on yourself. That's good. I think it's touching back on that feeling like something's always been missing. Yes. You are enough. You are. So don't give up on yourself. Yes. You're worth it. Know your worth. Be a friend to yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we can just beat ourselves up too much for no reason. That negative self-talk. Yes. So again, going back to changing that, rephrasing that. So instead of something's wrong with me, no, there's just something different about you. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. Different's not wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Back to the positive phrasing. I like that here. That wraps up episode 13 on the heart feeling triad for Enneagram numbers 2, 3, and 4. Right. So that's... The two, the helper, the three, the performer, and the four, the romantic or the individualist. All right, let's quickly talk about um, some characters from famous books and movies that uh, we speculate have the following Enneagram numbers. Because we don't know their motivations. They're not real. Yes, but we are pretty awesome book nerds, so here we go. Number two, which is the helper. So... Molly Weasley and Hagrid from Harry Potter, Sam Wise from The Lord of the Rings, Peter Malark from The Hunger Games, just to name a few. And the three is the performers, so those are the Draco Malfoys of the world, or Gilderoy Lockhart, Professor Slughorn, we've got Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, and people like Scarlett O'Hara and Odysseus. Nice reference there. (laughs) All right. And then number four, the individualist. So a couple of those examples could be Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Frodo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings, Loki from Thor, and Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby. So up next, we have episode 14, and that's going to be the five, six, and seven. So that concludes us talking about the numbers, and then we'll get into our interviews after that tune in. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.